We got uh, Randy Thomas. Are you campus pastor? Campus your... pastor at Silverdale North Udawa campus. Okay, and that's your official title. It's not like doer of awesome things or anything like that. That happens, but that's right? my, my <laughs> title is campus pastor. Welcome to the Hope Talk podcast, sponsored by Come On, Let's Go. So we asked Randy to come in today because um, he's a dude. Um, I'm a dude. Jared's a dude, maybe. Um, but uh, we've been, uh, I guess, wrestling with this question. You know, we've been talking about misconceptions of Christianity uh, on and off this year. Um, and it seems like men in general are either like ignored or maybe kind of passed over or uh, in general by the church. But then men just aren't seemingly enjoying the church or aren't getting fed at the church. We don't, we don't really know. Um, but it seems to be like an a problem that no one's really addressing or no one's really talking about too much. We've got some awesome books out there. Um, I'm sure some, some guys have done some podcasts or some sermons on it, but, um, just as like an overall, you know, high level thing. Um, why do you think guys are just not happy with the church in general? You know, there's a, there's a whole lot of things involved in that. And, and just kind of, as I was thinking about this, it's, it's, it's really kind of funny if you think about it, that, uh, a man and his male disciples were the ones that founded Christianity. <laughs> yeah. Most of the major saints and heroes were men. Uh, men penned all of the New Testament, mm-hmm. and all the popes have been men. All the Catholic priests are men. The overwhelming majority of pastors in America uh, are men. Yet whenever large numbers of Christians get together, uh, men are not in the majority. And mm-hmm. uh, if you look across our uh, our congregations on Sundays, the overwhelming majority of people there are, are women. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of funny to think how it all got started yeah. and how we've kind of gotten to where we are today. Yeah, I, I remember in I guess it was maybe in the '80s, but it definitely in the in the '90s, you had things like Promise Keepers, yeah. um, um, and that was a huge deal. I mean, like we're talking national news, you know, uh, politics, our politicians, presidents showing up at these things. Um, it seemed like even 20 years ago, uh, there was a push, more of a concerted push. For men to be involved, and uh, it doesn't seem like we have that these days. Um, I mean, do you have any thoughts of what what can the local church do? Because you know that's honestly the community that needs to be building up men. You know, it's the local church, and what can the local church do uh, to kind of encourage participation? <laughs> you know, one of the things I think I think men when they view what happens in a typical church service it, it, it really doesn't really matter what denomination it mm-hmm. is but in, in a typical church service it's it's almost anti-masculinity if you think about it it's and a lot kinda, of feelings you kind of step back yeah. from it and uh, guys want to succeed in the things that we do uh, we want to be good at it. We want to be accomplished at it. And that includes church. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if we're going to go to church, then we don't want to suck at it. We don't want to be bad <laughs> right. at it. And so uh, guys don't want to be embarrassed when they get there. Uh, they don't want to be shown up by their wives that they know more about the Bible than they do. And so uh, a lot of times guys just don't go to avoid being bad at something because guys like to succeed and we like to be good at what we do. I think it's interesting because I know from my experience working in church ministry that a lot of times, you know, even Brett and I have had conversations because uh, I lead worship at my church, and I know for Brett that's one area that he doesn't necessarily enjoy as much in, in the church, uh, but even looking at people that are serving in the church, we see a lot of times, 
you know, as you ask people to get involved in serving the church, it is ladies that are getting involved in serving. And sometimes it's hard to find men to step up and do that. And I've especially seen working with children and, and in youth ministry, the need for men to step up and get involved. Uh, what kind of things, uh, I guess, how can we demonstrate to men the importance of that? And then what kind of you know difference can that make to have men involved in that way? Yeah, guys want to feel challenged. They want to feel like they're needed. And again, like I said earlier, they want to they want to be good at what they do. <laughs> right. And so, um, uh, you know, one one of the things I, I I just begin to think about is it's it's not just putting a sign up sheet out in the atrium of the church and saying who's going to do this, who wants to help with this. You look at any sign up sheet at, at about any church, and you you know hard pressed to find any names of guys, right. whether it's yeah. for all ladies greeting or or you know being in the nursery or helping with kids or whatever. And so guys want to be challenged. They want to be given the why behind what they're going to do rather than just we need somebody to fill a spot of this is how you can impact somebody's life this is how you can make a difference in somebody's life so i mean does that need then a direct ask like do men need to say you know hey randy i need you to do this or i i we need some help in the children's ministry joseph can you can you come do that is that more i mean that that makes it more of a challenge i guess i feel like yeah, I think it's that it's that one-on-one. I mean, you know, we talk about discipleship's kind of been one of the buzzwords of the last three or four years in church, um, and it's got to be a one-on-one thing. It's got to be other men challenging other men to you know to step up, do this, go go this extra mile. I, I challenge you to see what you can do in this area right. uh, more than just. And again, I, I think a lot of times in churches we present need rather than we present vision. And yeah. uh, a lot of people just don't, they're not buying into need. They'll buy into a vision, but you say, uh, you know, hey, we need more people to do this. We need more people to do that. And guys look around and say, well, I hope somebody does it. <laughs> right. But when you challenge a guy of, uh, you know, you, you ask any high school, middle school boy, you say, I bet you can't drink a whole two liter of Mountain Dew. They say, oh, I bet I can. Watch right. this. You know, and it's, yeah. it's, we're, we're all just, all of us guys are just grown up middle school boys, you know, mm-hmm. and we're looking for a challenge. And when someone says, I bet you can't invest your life in a, in a high school kid. So I, I bet I can. You watch this, you know, and so guys want to be challenged. And there's a guy that uh, works in our children's ministry at church. And he came to me the other day and he was explaining you know, I've, I've been questioning whether this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and he even said that he went and visited his son at school and ate lunch with him. And a couple of kids ran up to him and were like, Mr. Jake, it's so good to see you. We can't wait to see you on Wednesday night. And he said even kind of seeing the results of that yeah. is, I guess, what makes that challenge worth it and, and making that kind of difference. Uh, now, shifting from kind of thinking about being involved specifically in the ministries of the church, uh, I've heard the phrase before in, in church leadership, if you get mama involved, you get the whole family involved. Uh, what kind of impact, though, do you see for, for the dad and, and for his kids and the difference that his involvement in church, even just in attendance, makes on his kids? Yeah, I, I've heard that expression before, and, and honestly, I disagree with it a little bit. It, I think if you get mom involved, a lot of times you get the kids. <laughs> yeah. But when you get dad, exactly. most of the time, that's that's when you get the whole family. That's when it's almost like when when we say that phrase, we we just include the kids as the family. We forget about dad in general. Right. Um, you know, I, I believe most women want their husband to lead spiritually, and uh, they they want him to to lead out in the home. And so, w- when a husband leads out, typically, you know, most wives say, "Hey, I'm glad that you are. I'll follow that. We'll get the kids involved." Uh, so I, I think it's kind of 
you know, it's 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 been an overused phrase, but I think it's more of when you get dad, you get the family. Yeah. And are dads not as involved because of a, a lack of mentorship? You were talking about discipleship. Um, and we see that, you know, initially you, you talked about Jesus and his disciples. You know, that's a perfect example of what was yeah. going on with Jesus leading these men and encouraging them. And then they led other men and, you know, that passed on through the early church. Um I guess we don't see that as much. Um, it's available, and maybe, you know, again, men don't seek things out a lot of times. Um, but is that something that the local church, um, the body of believers, maybe needs to push towards more, is this idea of mentorship and accountability? I do, but I think part of the reason we've gotten there is because guys tend to do and follow in the footsteps of their dad. And mm-hmm. so if you grew up in a home where mom was a spiritual leader and dad either just you know, went along with it for the ride or stayed at home, then guys think, well, I grow up, I get married, my wife's supposed to be the one that carries the weight spiritually in the family. And so I think that's where a lot of it's come from is dad wasn't a spiritual leader in our home. Maybe he wasn't anti-God, he just didn't lead. And so you just make the assumption that's how it's supposed to be for for me is my I'll get married, my wife will be the spiritual leader in the home and I'll take care of everything else. And, and but yes, there needs to be that male modeling that for other males. But I think a lot of times guys just do what they saw modeled at home. Mm-hmm. So as a dad yourself, how were you able to model that to your son and uh, demonstrate the importance of that? You know, <laughs> I grew up a preacher's kid. My dad's still a pastor. And so my kids grew up preacher's kids. And so it's... Same here. <laughs> it's This guy, yeah. You try to model that for your kids. Um, and just to be completely transparent in this, it's it, sometimes it's a it's a really difficult fine line of what's my job at church mm-hmm. as the pastor yeah. and what's me leading my family spiritually to come and get involved. And sometimes there's just the assumption of preachers' kids, you got to work and you got to do everything, you got to come because your dad's the pastor. And so, um, you know, I, I hope that I did a good job modeling that for my kids, and I hope that they, you know, their desire is now that they're you know both of my kids are adults that they would want to serve and give because that's what they saw you know my wife and i model in front of them you know one of the coolest things um watching you raise your kids and of course you know first of all you're a pastor so i'm watching you um second of all you're you know you're a decent dude so uh, you know i enjoyed watching you and, and raise your kids um is you and your son did a really cool thing um right around, I guess, the end of high school. Um, and that is you guys took this tour of baseball parks throughout, you know, a lot of the United States. I, how, how many w- were there? Because there was a lot of I think of them. we hit six different major league stadiums in Sweet. maybe eight days. Yeah. So up the, the uh, East Coast. Yeah, some of the big ones. Um, and I thought that was really cool because, um, you know, we as Americans – don't have an old culture like a lot of places around the world. And in those cultures, a lot of times there are rites of passage for young men. Um, You see it in the Jewish culture, you see it in many African cultures, um, even in Japanese cultures. Um, And Americans don't really have that. Um, And I thought that was a really cool opportunity that you guys took together. And obviously it's just the two of you. I'm sure you talked, you know, once or twice on that trip. Um, But just kind of letting him know that, you know, hey, you were a a kid under, you know, mine and your mom's supervision, and now you're becoming an adult, and these are your expectations, and, you know, um, you'll always be my son, but, you know, there's a whole new world, and, you know, I won't be able to protect you forever. Um, 
do you see that as being important? Obviously, I guess you guys saw it important in, in your all's relationship, but um, is that something that we're missing out on as Americans? You know, I think so. And, and I try and I have tried very strategically with both of my kids to create times where either I took them away on a trip or I was already going somewhere, maybe on a mission trip or whatever, and I took them with me mm-hmm. to do life together. But but yes, that um, investing in them because it you know there's there's the time when they're little where you're you're basically their world. You're Superman. And then yeah. you're. You I'm know, experiencing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> they're in high school and they don't want anything to do with you right. and are embarrassed to see you. And then they transition to adults and then they need you again. Mm-hmm. Of hey, help me with this. I need a loan. How do I do this and those types of things. And so you kind of go from there all to eventually just kind of being a coach. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, I, I do think you know fathers and sons and fathers and daughters, uh, having those times, of uh, special times where you're investing in them and spending time, uh, uninterrupted time with them, um, where you leave the cell phone someplace yeah. else and you just disconnect and spend time with them. Yeah. Um, so I'm a huge fan of music, uh, big fan of music. And obviously Jared's a worship pastor. You know, my dad was a worship leader, you know, growing up. So I've been around music my whole life. Um, I'm not a fan of worship music. Um, I'm not. And you're um, not alone because I see it every week from the stage. A lot of men aren't singing along. Right. Um, is there something that we can do to man up uh, worship music? I mean, it seems feminine or is is that just something that, you know, is an insecurity of mine or is this something that you've witnessed or shared maybe across the spectrum? I hear guys make statements like this. I'm not very expressive. I don't have a whole lot to say. I, I just, I don't feel things like my wife does. And yet we get them in church and we expect them to sit in a small group and share their feelings. We expect them to uh, be expressive during the worship time and raise their hands. And so all of these things that guys say they aren't, when they come to church, we expect them to be. Mm-hmm. And then they say, well, you know, my wife, she feels things better than I do. My wife is this, my wife is that. And then we wonder why guys don't like you know the the worship service or the right. small group experience or whatever because we're we're catering to emotions that they say are contrary to what that what they have and so um, you know I think a lot of it goes back to how men are wired uh, and the stereotypes maybe that were portrayed in front of them growing up of dad this or dad that um, you know when we, when I was a kid kids hear things like be tough boys don't cry suck it up don't be a wimp um, so. A lot of times as guys, we grew up learning to bury our emotions. And because of that, we're not expressive. We're not emotional. We don't want to be singled out in any way. And and yet most of the modern-day worship music, worship services <laughs> appeal to our expression right. and our emotion and possibly raising our hands. Uh, and all three are things that most guys <laughs> say, I don't like to do. Yeah. And so um, I think we need to, to evaluate that. Uh, you know, another thing I think is familiarity with music or lack thereof. Um, personally, when I'm riding around in my car, I'm listening to sports talk radio. Uh, I'm not listening to whatever the, right. the latest Same here. you know worship music is. And so even as a pastor, sometimes I, I find myself on a Sunday, we're singing a song and I think, I, I, I've never heard this before. <laughs> right. I don't know the words and they can be up on the screen in front of me, but I don't, I don't want to sing out loud and, and be embarrassed that I, right. I don't know how it's going. And so, you know, we, we, we can put words on the screens and all that, but if, if there's a lack of familiarity, I think, you know, another good thing, and, and we've noticed this recently in, in Uduwa, 
is mixing things that are familiar with guys with the new uh, that, that sometimes draws men into a time of a worship setting. I've noticed just even, you know, when, when we'll sing a song that maybe a guy remembers that they sang at his church when he mm-hmm. was a kid or whatever, uh, and, you know, whether it's a hymns or a chorus or of something or whatever, when a guy seems to, okay, I do know that, that that's familiar, yeah. guys then seem to, to engage. And so I think we have to we have to do a good job of, of mixing the familiar with the unfamiliar. That, that happened for me this past weekend. You know, there was like worship song, worship song, worship song. Um, our preacher said some stuff, and then they had a hymn, you know, and like, hey, I know this one, you know, right. I, I got it. Yeah. You know, we're cool. We got it. Yeah, that's exactly, I saw the same thing this weekend. Uh, we, we threw in an older hymn, and there was actually, I saw, uh, I go to a smaller church, so I can kind of <laughs> survey everybody, and there was one guy specifically that was visiting, and I always get super uncomfortable when people visit and we do a new song, because I'm like, I know they probably don't know it, <laughs> right. but when the hymn came in, this guy who I knew hadn't been in church in a long time was singing along, and, yeah. uh, and, and so it makes a difference. Now, in general for the church, not just looking at the worship music or the worship services, but we see a lot of times events like uh, wild game dinners and and things like that. But do you think for men to get involved, we need to be focusing more on these events for men and maybe men and their sons, or do men come for events that are family events as a whole? You know, there's there's a lot of debates on whether you do stuff just for men, do stuff for family, just for women, whatever. Um, there, there's 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 a lot of ideas on that, but I, I think men. It's it's what I said earlier. I think men want to feel challenged, yeah. and if you challenge a guy, uh, I think he's 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 up for that. Uh, I was reading uh, a, a book that uh, actually got here with me. It's called Why Men Hate Going to Church by David Murrow. And uh, he says in there, he said, Jesus did three things when he, he interacted with people. He confronted religious people, he comforted the needy, and he challenged everybody else. And that was why men were attracted to Jesus is because he challenged them. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think when it comes to how, to how do we get more guys into our church, I think guys want to feel challenged. Can can you live up to this? I think you, you mentioned promise keepers. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the big things with promise keepers is it wasn't all about confrontation. It was more about, hey, guys, step up to the plate. Do this. Be this. It was yeah. a challenge. Um, you, you remember um, the book that John Eldridge did, Wild at Heart. Uh, mm-hmm. Why was that book so successful and swept the country and people were doing Bible studies with it? Because it was a book about a challenge. Guys, step up to the plate and be what God's called you to be. And so I, I think you know we can do all kinds of programming, but I, I think that's the heart of it. Yes, a church needs to have a little bit of confrontation. Uh, there needs to be a little bit of comfort. But I think for guys, there needs to be a lot of challenge. Just do it. This is what you can do. This is what God made you to be. So step up to the plate and do it. This has been the Hope Talk Podcast, sponsored by Come On, Let's Go. To find out more, visit comeonletsgo.com. 